0: in James chapter 5, in the month of of, uh, July, we're going to talk about God's righteousness and specifically about prayer. You know, prayer is a challenging discipline of the Christian life. I think it's the most challenging discipline. It shouldn't be, but it is. And prayer is not just talking to God, it's talking with God. If you think that prayer is only you talking to Him, I think you misunderstand what prayer is. Prayer is a two-way street. It's communion with God. Now, I remember as a child, and I agree with it. I don't disagree with it. They say, when you read the Bible, God talks to you. And when you pray, you talk to God. And I don't argue with that because that is true in in its sense. But I do believe there's a far more things going on when we pray than we understand. I think the Holy Spirit, who the Bible tells us, He, when we pray, He joins us in prayer. And He helps us in prayer. He is illuminated in prayer. And I think it's one of the reasons why prayer is so challenging. It's just a bit difficult. Let's think of some benefits of prayer. Why does God, what happens when someone prays? I don't know if you can think of some, but maybe we can think of it together. How about this one? If any man lack wisdom, can you help the rest of it with me? So how do I get wisdom to know what to do in a given situation with my child, with my job, with my marriage, with a problem I'm facing, how do, I, how do I know what to do? I've got to get wisdom. How do I get wisdom according to that verse? Asking God. Prayer. How is it that Jesus said there was a demonic young man who was filled with demons, and the disciples tried to help him, but they, just, they didn't know how to help him? And they said, why couldn't we help him and you helped him? He said, this kind cometh not but by... Prayer and? So we see that real big problems, moons and mountains, if you will. When someone was, uh, when someone was a little bit goofy fi- uh, mentally, they would say he's a lunatic, which means he's moonstruck. Lunar is, means uh, it has to do with the moon. He's, they would, he was moonstruck. There's something wrong there. We can't do it. You know what the key with that was? Someone who's struggling? Prayer. He said, if you had the faith and prayer of a mustard seed, you could move a huge problem. When Jesus was in Gethsemane, he told the disciples, as he was going to go a stone's throw, and I've been there to the place that they say possibly he was, and boy, you can see these little trees and see that place, and I think it's pretty probably accurate. But. You could see where he he, he said, "Guys, I want you to stay here. I'm going to go over here and pray." And he told them to watch and pray. Why? That you enter not into. So prayer is important for wisdom. It's in prayer to is important to tackle large things that are huge in your way. It's prayer is important so you don't you're not tempted. So you, you're, not, you're not in a situation that's, that will cause you to go against the Lord and sin. So what we see it's pretty important. What are some other things that prayer does? The Bible says in the first verse we read today, verse 13, if he that is afflicted, let him pray. When you've got a problem, what should you do? Pray about your problem. The Bible tells us that what sequesters and garners angelic help in our problems in Daniel chapter 9 and 10 was prayer. He prayed and he said, boy, when the answer came, he said, look, I would have come earlier, but it was a battle getting here. We had some real goings, but God heard your prayer. Prayer gives us peace. Philippians chapter 4, the Bible tells us this. Be careful or anxious or worried about nothing. But everything that you would worry about, he said, I want you to pray about. With prayers and supplication, with thanksgiving, gratitude expressed. And then what happens in verse number 7, in Philippians chapter 4? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. Well, I've got a lot of wonderful people in this room. Not everybody's got peace. We might have put a suit of clothes on and a tie and beautiful uh, dresses. And and, uh, we might have strapped a smile on our face and propped it up there. The truth of the matter is, long back behind those brown, blue, dark eyes. You know it. God knows it. You're not at peace. And a shortcut to peace is prayer. Praying people are peaceful people. Have you ever wondered why it's so hard to pray? There's a lot of benefits to prayer. Wisdom, peace, overcoming satanic obstacles, moving mountains and helping people that are hurting. The Bible tells us in in, uh, James chapter 5, prayer, he says, not only should you pray, but when you pray, you pray for people to be recovered from the snare of their sin. You know what brings, a, brings a, a person back to God? Prayer. He says, I want you to pray for all men. They'll come to the knowledge of the truth. You know how people get saved? Through prayer. Prayer. It's no wonder why it's really a challenging for us. A couple other things that come as I think about this. it's Prayer is what heals our country. The Bible says, if my people, that's people in this room, who call Jesus Christ their Lord... They serve the Lord, they please Him, they have a day of salvation. If my people, which are called by my names, they're Christians, will humble themselves and pray and seek His face, turn from our sin, our wicked ways, then our God will hear from heaven and will heal our land and forgive our sin. So I want America, I tell you what, America's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, what's the world coming to? You know, it's coming to God. (laughs) That's where it's coming to. It's being squeezed down into the presence of God in just short time. I don't know why he hasn't come back and fixed all this, because he's long-suffering, spanky. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He's waiting for you to witness to your neighbor. He's waiting for you to get a burden for the people that work with you. He's waiting for you and I to begin praying for the lost. Praying for people, because prayer brings a nation back to God. I love America. I'm gonna I'm working in this, or I'm gonna support our military and I think you should. I'm gonna support our police, I think you should. I wanna I wanna vote and I think you should. If you don't vote, shame on you. Register to vote today, right over here. You can go over here and register to vote. You can go online and do it. The information's on the bulletin. Every Christian ought to vote. You know what every Christian ought to do? Ought to pray. You wanna do something patriotic? Fall to your knees and begin praying for our country. Pray for kings and for all in authority that we can live a quiet and peaceable life with all godliness and honesty. I don't know what the problems of the world are, but I'll tell you one thing that can help the problems, and that's prayer. God is interested in helping us with prayer. Prayer relieves us from burdens, casting all your care upon Him in prayer. And know what? He cares for you. You're coming in here all beat up, all tore up, a prayer closet could help you with that. Time alone with the Lord would help you with that. You're having problems in your marriage, in your child room, you're getting problems in your own personal peace. Prayer is God's answer to that. I'm glad we don't have to choose between a Bible and prayer. God gave us those two things to help us walk with Him. It's a Bible that tells us the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of those who practice and believe the Bible. The Bible is that staff for the the traveler. It's the soldier's sword. It's the Christian's charter. It's given to us in this life and will be opened again at the judgment. You'll be judged out of the things written in this book. But God gave us something else, and that He gave us prayer. Of all the things that God does today, aligning the planets and taking care of the ecosystem and making sure the sun's not too close to our planet, that we would burn up or too far away, that, that we would freeze to death. Of all the things, the little bees running around and pollinating all the plants so that we could have apples and oranges, and, and none of those things are possible without these little bees running around. All the things that God takes care of today, puts food in people's mouths and and comfort in people's hearts. And when I get together, he says, now listen, John, call unto me and I'll answer thee. Come boldly to the throne of grace and you can find mercy and grace to help you in time of your need. It's through prayer that he does great and mighty things that we don't even, we can't even comprehend. A few moments ago, we got together, and only for seven minutes, but sometimes seven minutes in prayer time seems like 30 minutes, doesn't it? Sometimes we go to prayer, and that's one of our struggles, is to, is to get us off our knees and get us, get us thwarted from that opportunity and that responsibility. Why? Because I think it's pretty important, don't you? Prayer is a place where we can build up our holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost in Jude, verse number 20. Prayer is a, is, is a fullness of joy. He said, ask, and it shall be given unto you that your joy might be full. I wonder why so many people don't have joy. Maybe it's because we don't pray. See, why is it such a fight? Boy, we, can, we had last week a, a Sunday picnic, and people came out, and they were happy, and I got emails and texts, and that was awesome, and everybody did a good job, and it was fun. I announced prayer meetings this week. Prayer meetings. We'll have have six different opportunities for you to go and three to two different locations. And, And just a fraction of the people showed up. I'm not here to shame anybody. I know how it goes. I get it. Have a softball tournament? Hundreds will come. Have a picnic? Everybody and their mother and their grandmother shows up. Have a prayer meeting, and it's you and me and three others looking at each other. Why? Because there's a real barrier there. Things happen when people pray. The devil's going to fight tooth and nail to keep you from spending even one minute in prayer. He's going to keep you from every prayer meeting and give you every excuse, and you can sing in the choir, you can, and people are ready to pay. I mean, it's much easier and this morning. My wife and I, we sat down, we thought about what God, what we owe the Lord in our tithes and our, what, what belongs to Him and then what we want to do in our offerings and what our commitment was to missions and to the Auditorium Trust Fund and we're giving today to City Baptist Schools. And, and that was, that wasn't we didn't go, oh, it's so hard to write this. We kind of come to a place now where we kind of like excited about that. But many people are willing to pay, but few are willing to pray. Hey, just tell me when, what do you need out there. Let me, let me write that check. I'll take care of that. And thank God for everybody who has been provoked by the Holy Spirit of God to give. Would to God we had all God's people say, listen, let's pray. See, we think we're killing the big one when we write the check. God says you're killing the big one when you do like this. Because writing the check doesn't get the power of God. Preaching a message is not going to be the power of God. It's going to be through prayer. Writing a check doesn't get an unsaved person back to the Lord in the same way that prayer can. It doesn't recover a sinner from the error of his ways. It doesn't recover a marriage quite the same. And I think we ought to do both of those things. But I do think we need prayer. Prayer is a challenging thing. I'm not satisfied with it. I hope you're not satisfied with it. But our church is not a praying church. It needs more work in that area. Jesus did not say my house should be called a house of preaching. Many people say, I I want to go get fed. You're already information fat. And application skinny you've heard so much, you know so much, and I think we ought to come, we ought to get fed, we ought to hear what God says. But when we come to pray, I've had people just tell me, I don't like that prayer time. I feel so awkward. It's because you're not used to it. And the devil stood up beside you and told you, this is a waste of time. I'm not sure, but we could do this at home. You could do this more by yourself. Why do we have to do it to everybody? I don't want to pray in front of somebody. Why not? Would you talk in front of your mom or your dad? You know why we're awkward about that? We don't know him. And I'm not here to scathe anybody. I'm just telling you, just in these in this early stages of this message, prayer is really important, and it's very anemic. It's anemic in my life, in comparison where it should be, and I'm in, and it's anemic in this church. We can break our arm patting ourselves on the back for the buses that we run and the missions we support, but we'll, uh, we won't even break our pinky patting our back on our prayer. we got some issues there. And I think if you're honest with you and I'm honest with me, we're not where we ought to be. In our personal prayer or our corporate prayer. And I'd like to ask us this, this morning, could you do something with me? You know what, when the disciples heard Jesus pray... They said this, Lord, teach us to pray. I want to spend a few services in July talking about prayer. You have to put your big boy britches on to, to listen to it. You're going to have to be able to say, you know, this is something I need. This is something that's a problem in my life. And here's what I ask you to do. I ask you to pray about your prayer life. You know, people who pray are powerfully used to the Lord. And you may not even know who they are. But all of us need help in this area. Can I ask you to pray for your pastor, that he would become more of a praying pastor? Would you pray for the father of my children, he would be a more of a praying father? I don't want to be known as someone who provided for my family. He was a good provider. Oh, good night. Anybody can do that. Oh, yeah, he took us to games and he was at my ball games, and that's good to do. It's good to provide. I would love to be known as someone who knew God, who could reach heaven from his knees. Mama, you know me, know, wow, she made the best desserts. Oh, Mama was all about desserts. That's wonderful. Would it be God that someone would say, My Mama walked with God? Well, if I needed something to be prayed for, I called Mom, I called my sister. That girl knows Jesus. That girl could pray. My grandma, oh, my grandma, she is always talking about this and that and this and that. That's wonderful. Would to God, they said, Grandma knows God. She prays. Can we pray about our prayer life just for a moment? And I'll just walk through this passage of Scripture and we'll be done. Let's pray, can we? If you're in the balcony the farthest way from me or you're right down front here on the platform, can we all just say, God, teach me. To pray. This is an area I need to work on. Help my pastor to be a pastor of prayer. Help me be a praying husband, praying wife, a praying grandma, praying teenager, praying child. Prayer is important. Please help us, we pray. Our Father, I ask you it please, I'm going to take just a few moments and walk through this passage of Scripture. But as I already told you this morning, in my final moments of preparation for this message, I'll say what you say, but I want to be, I want to live it out. I want to be a man of prayer. I need your help. And I want to pastor a church that knows what it means to pray. Not to shame people into praying. Lord, we understand that we want to pray the price. We want to see you do great things. Prayer can do anything you can do. And we stoop to try to get answers on Facebook. We stoop to calling everybody and trying to get them to help us. We stoop to borrowing and oftentimes seeking more and more counsel and more time and attention when, Lord, we have not even spent a second on our knees in prayer. God, we want to have a good youth conference, but we're not willing to bow the knee. We're not willing to beseech the God of heaven that can do something about it. We're willing to learn how to do technological things and operate cameras and prepare specials and put on an usher's jacket and drive a bus and teach a Sunday school class and study a lesson and bring donuts to the class, but we're not willing to pray. Willing to write checks and give generously, and we should do all of these things. But not at the expense of prayer. Father, I need help here, and I think our church needs it. Pray you would help us. If there's ever a time, it's through prayer that we get laborers. You said pray the Lord of the harvest. One of the things we're asking you for is more people to serve you, to, Lord, work their secular jobs so they can do something for you, to retire from their work so they can be more effective in service, not just to sit, soak, and wet, watch the world go by. Labors are needed, whether they're 17 or 70. Everybody needs to be doing something. We're praying, the Lord of the harvest, that you would put forth labors into the harvest. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. The book of James in chapter 5, you can know the book of James as a hard-hitting book. He was known, and they called him Pastor Camel Knees. Anybody have a reason why he might be known as Camel Knees? Because he was a man of prayer. And he was a hard-hitter. And he writes to brethren who are complaining because of the present times. And they were frustrated and having a hard time. And really, he writes them the whole book to tell them, Grow up. Mature. Quit your whining and grow up. Quit trying to be a mission field and be a missionary. Quit calling everybody, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? And he said, get out there and do some things. And he says, there's some things that will grow you up. Number one, when you learn to handle problems. Count it all joy. Praise God during problems. Not for the problems, but what they, what they produce. When you pray and ask God for wisdom, when you and I persevere through problems, we grow up. He tells them, secondly, you grow up whenever you give attention to the Word of God. What you do with the Bible, what I do with the Bible determines what God will do with me. Most of all of our, all of every issue of life is found in the pages of your Bible. If we're, if we're a whiny baby, it's because we are not growing up and we do not spend enough time looking at the answers of God. Search the Scripture, for in them you see that you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's what you need, and you'll find Him in the Word of God. He tells them you'll grow up when you learn to, 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 to deal sensitively with other people around you. Spirit-filled treatment of each other. You'll grow up when you serve. Many people, they just, they need to take off their bib and put on their apron. It's all about them. I wasn't comfortable. It was hot in the auditorium this morning. Oh, you know, there's 133 air-conditioned units in this place. Just keeping up with 130, not in this building, all this property here. Well, my Sunday school class was hot. Well, figure it out you don't like it, move to the Sierra Desert and try having a Sunday school there. Somebody's doing that this morning. The truth of the matter is we we get complaining and we're frustrated and we don't want to serve. I'd love to do that, but i just tell you, that's just kind of too much for me. I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. And we need the proverbial kick in the pants to get involved, to grow up and serve. You show maturity by handling your mouth watching your speech. Your mouth is made to direct, not to destroy. But it's doing one or the other. He said you show maturity by learning to accept, access spiritual wisdom, wisdom is from above. You learn maturity by learning to submit to God's leading and His authority. When He tells you something, just do it. Follow your spiritual authority. Teenagers, children, listen to your mom and dad. That's showing you. Mat- so you want to mature? Be obedient. Be submissive. Do what they ask you to do. You show maturity when you understand the brevity of life. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. When you understand you only got a small parenthesis of life, do what you can while you can. And what you can't do with energy, do with urgency. Do something for the Lord. God has a purpose for your life. Don't take that for granted. Someone will say, ah, today or tomorrow, we'll go into this city and do this and this and we'll get a lot of stuff. He goes, look, I'm not interested in your stuff. I'm interested in your time. What you're doing with that? You so maturity by how you handle your finances in James chapter five and the first part, and how you're steadfast through difficulties. And then he says, "You learn maturity by praying." Verse thirteen. Look at it with me, if you would, please. The Bible says, "Is any be afflicted? Let him pray." You're going through a hard time. Make prayer your first response. You having a difficulty? Pray. I think time alone with God would fix a lot of other things. Many of us, we spend hours every week sitting in front of a television, feeding garbage into our minds and our hearts. Every time we hear a ding on our phone, we're running over there and checking our feeds of of our social medias. Spending hours and hours watching things that do nothing but just drain us of spiritual aptitude. He said, look, you got a problem? Pray. You're afflicted physically. You're afflicted emotionally. This is not really talking about physical affliction, I don't think. It's talking about difficulties that are had. you got, you got addiction? Pray. You've got a wife that's struggling? Pray. You've got a husband that's struggling? Pray. you got kids that are struggling? Pray. In prayer, you'll have two things will develop in your heart and life when you pray. Passion and Vision that's where we're missing it. we got a passion for the Cubs to play again and the Sox to play again. we got a passion for this and that and the other. We don't have a passion for God because prayer produces passion. Prayer also produces vision. Those things are cooked up in the kitchen of prayer. You can't get those sitting in a field someplace. You can't get those at a fishing hole. You're going to get those whenever you learn to pray, when I learned to pray. So if you're afflicted, pray. If you're merry, sing psalms. That means there's sometimes, Now I'm guilty of this, sometimes I come here, All right, now, come on, smile. If you don't feel like smiling, put a, paint it on. Fake it till you make it. The truth of the matter is some people come and they can't really sing. They're going through a hard time. He said, if, if, you're, if you're struggling, pray. If you're married, sing your lungs out. Let's see the tonsils wagging in the back of your mouth. Sing. Look at the next thing the Bible says in verse number 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders. The sick person calls for the leaders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I'll share more about this this evening, but... um, you know, if any be sick among you, let him call for the physicians. Let him call for the doctors. And I'm not against the medical profession. I think they're very, very needful. We had a, a doctor here last week sitting on the platform, Dr. Streeter. He's helped thousands of people. Thank God for that. But I tell you, he says, if any be sick, you got it really bad, you might want to call for your pastor. You might want to call for the deacons. You might want to call for the assistant pastors and let them and by the way, it's not something you say, I've had people the other day tell me, hey, listen, Pastor, can you come over and pray for my grandpa? I said, what, what, did your grandpa want to be prayed for? It's not the, pr- I, I don't tap people on the shoulders. and say, hey, meet me at the office, we've got to anoint you and pray over you. Because the Bible says, let him, that is, call for the elders. Let them pray over him, anoint him with oil. I talked to a precious lady yesterday, and she was very much afflicted. She couldn't sleep panic, anxiety and her and her husband began to pray they read James 5 and he said, Pastor would, would you get the men together and pray over us she came, we anointed her with oil, we prayed in prayer of faith we asked her, what is it you want done she said, I want God to heal me and according to your faith be it unto you I saw her yesterday, she said, Pastor, God answered our prayer so I don't know why I waited so long. I went to this thing, and they offered this medicine, all those things, and I should have went right to God's option. We don't think about that. We don't trust him enough to know that he can do some things. Prayer is a powerful thing. May God help us as we study it more this week.